Hello, I'm Katie Piper, and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. In this episode, I'm talking to Louise Pentland, author and vlogger. She is huge online. She has 2.4 million followers on Instagram. And in this episode, we talk about owning that platform. We talk about making it work for you, how to control the way other people speak to you and talk to you online. She shared all her tips on motherhood, how she became a successful blogger, and even talked about giving birth on the internet. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, And I think it's really hard to describe what you do. I think a lot of people now don't just have one job with one title. Um, And I certainly don't. So I write books for a living. Um, I write the Wild series about Robin Wilde. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I make YouTube videos on my channel, which used to be called Sprinkle of Glitter, Mm -hmm. but it's now just my name, Louise Pentland. Um, I also do Instagram for a living and basically I make content that I put online about motherhood and lifestyle with a view to inspire and uplift other women and men if (laughs) if they want to be inspired and uplifted too they're welcome and mostly it's young women in their 20s and 30s and as you'd imagine a lot of those women in that age group are mothers Mm -hmm. so a lot of the content I make is aimed at mums yeah but it's not exclusive you don't have to have had a child to be part of the gang. Yeah, and you, you have children, don't you? I do. Yeah. I have two little girls. I've got a daughter called Darcy, who's just turned eight, ah. and a daughter called Pearl, who's one. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Pearl, that's a gorgeous oh, name. I know, I love yeah. So you touched there on a rebrand of your... Yes. Was it a rebrand of your YouTube channel? Yes. Yeah. I didn't really think of it in those terms because I wasn't really thinking particularly officially. Mm-hmm. I never really think in terms of, like, I don't think, like, it's a business model or with the, like, academic terminology because I just don't think that way. I just think creatively and what I want it to be. Yeah. And Sprinkle of Glitter began as a blog, a written blog in 09. Yeah. Um, where I talked about doing up a house that I'd bought. Um, once that was done, I started talking about stuff I just liked, which was makeup and mm-hmm. having fun. In the initial, what made you blog in the very first place? Because 2009 would have been when not everyone was really no, doing it. No, it wasn't really a thing. I was a bit lonely. I'd just moved into a new house with mm-hmm. my then boyfriend um, and I'd moved into a new town and I was just a bit lonely and it was something to do in the evenings. And I yeah. really liked writing. So mm-hmm. for me, it was really cathartic just to sit and write a blog post every night. Mm-hmm. And then it really took off. I got a solid 35 readers and I was like, I've made <laughs> that, it. That, that would yeah. actually feel quite good because <laughs> somebody likes what you're writing. That's that's a great yeah. sense of achievement. In 2009, it? 35 readers. I was like, yeah. I am smashing this. <laughs> I am top of my game. Yeah. So when the house was dirt and I didn't want to shut the blog down. Right. So I started writing about beauty products because that was a thing then, beauty bloggers, and I yeah. really loved it. And that's how I met lots of other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started a YouTube channel about six months after the blog because... That's so still quite early days of YouTube then. Really It wasn't saturated days. then. No, it wasn't. Mm. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. And there were lots of events that we would all go to and meet up with and all around the world just had such a great time. And what was it great? Well, are these people nice people? Like, yes. What's, yeah, that is the reality of it. Yes. Yeah. Some yeah. of these people are still my friends and friends for life. And Wow, that's like, quite unheard of chosen in this family. industry. <laughs> yeah. Well... You see, I talk to a lot of people in traditional media because I'm jumping ahead. This is something I would like to dip my toes into. Mm. And they're always so surprised at how friendly the digital industry is. Yeah. Because for us, all ships rise in high tides and right. 
we want to help each other out. And mm-hmm. we all started from the bottom. So, so it's not competitive in that people don't help one another? Or... Well, there's definitely competition. But if one, if your best friend is doing well and then they mention you, you're going to do well. So yeah. you really want to help. It really is all ships rise in high tides. I mean, that's a nice ethos for life in yeah, general, isn't it, it is. as a woman? To... It is. I think you just get so much further if you're just nice to people. Mm-hmm. People remember it if you've treated them well and you're kind. Um, so I started doing this and I was doing a lot of videos, um, like lots of fun things. And yeah. I noticed that my audience were quite young, so teenagers, because they really enjoyed like challenges and like yeah. do your makeup in three minutes challenge and yeah. blindfolded makeup challenge. That's cool. I, I like yeah. that. And I'm 36. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like, really enjoyed doing it. It was a nice release. But after a while, I found that my life was really maturing. I was actually, um, my marriage was breaking down and I was moving in, in a different direction. Time. Yeah, and I just yeah. didn't have the heart to be having all this like serious life stuff and then mm-hmm. be like, okay, let's household makeup challenge with Marmite. Just, yeah. So did you talk about it. what you were going through in your marriage on your blogs? Um, no, not at the time because it didn't feel like it was fair to share his side of things yeah. because this is my platform, it's mm-hmm. not his. Yeah. Um, so no, we didn't as it was kind of coming to its end we didn't Mm. share that with people I think that's private Mm -hmm. Um, but at that time I thought I don't want to continue making content directed at young teenagers Mm -hmm. I just want to carry on doing what I'm doing but for people my own age so I started talking about more serious topics like see I think this is really interesting because what you've just done you've been really successful doing something but you've authentically wanted to change because your life's changed and some people if they were making money and they were successful they would just carry on yes well could have carried on some I suppose in some ways I should have carried on doing that because that was really it was a lucrative way of doing Mm. things but I didn't love it and and how long can you really be successful doing something you don't love yeah I mean it takes a brave person to be authentic like brave or stupid (laughs) it's a risk isn't it as some people aren't aren't aren't, they don't want to take risks in life some people would rather stay still in the comfort zone I suppose yeah, it was it was risky, but my whole life at that time felt risky. I think mm-hmm. when you're going through a big personal shake-up, you feel a bit bolder. Mm. Um, Do you sometimes think that when you have misery and tragedy, actually it makes yeah. you more not more successful, but more bold? I think it makes you more resilient. I think that it makes you feel more able to take risks because mm. for me anyway, I always think, well, it will never be as bad as that other thing. So what, mm. even if the worst comes to the worst it's not really the worst and was that the first bit of trauma you'd had in your life your divorce or had you had a difficult background no sadly that's not and and also the divorce I think wasn't horrifically traumatic I mean it's only as traumatic as these things are but it wasn't mm. a bad divorce um yeah. we didn't we didn't have a bad breakup we just both it had come to its end yeah um sadly childhood was a bit turbulent my mum died when I was seven so she'd wow. been ill for a few years she had cancer right so most of childhood was mum not being well. Yeah. Um, and then life was very turbulent at home. There was um, a lot of domestic violence. A lot. I grew up in a very violent household. So So were you not a child? Or did you have to be almost like a grown-up growing up then? I don't really know. It's all a bit of a blur. And then everything went a bit topsy-turvy at home when I was from 8 till 15. So, so who raised you then? Well... <laughs> I lived in lots of different places, mm-hmm. so sorry, sorry for not being like particularly good at explaining this. It's no, such a this is your story. This topic. There's no wrong way to explain it. It's, it's your history. So, Dad, my dad 
raised me, but mm. also I spent time living at my grandma's. I spent mm-hmm. time living at um, a family friend's for a while. So mm. it was all just messy, really messy. No, no stability. and No. Yeah. No stability, no security. Um, I'm very, what felt like, love lacking. Mm. So then... I think that's why I got married young because yeah. I met a nice guy at uni and I was like, you're nice yeah, and I get stable that. and yeah. kind. Um, so we got together so young and then bought a house together and had a baby, Darcy, together. Yeah. And it wasn't really till I was in my late 20s that I realised perhaps we weren't the right people for each other. Mm. But I suppose you, you're craving a family and you, so you're creating yeah. a family with all good intentions. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. A, a kind, safe place. And he was kind and safe and nice. Mm. Um, but that came to its natural end. And then, so my late 20s, sort of into kind of 30, 31, were a bit wild because I was living that life that I didn't have in my early 20s. And it was great. I mean, there were lots of very lonely moments. But also I was like, oh, this is exciting. I can date people. And it was really fun. And then I met Liam on Tinder. Oh, cool. That's very modern, very normal. Very modern. (laughs) Um, And it it just clicked. And then eight months later, I was pregnant. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Sometimes these things are meant to be. I'm not a believer in that, you know, you should be together X amount of years and do this and do that. I just feel like, you know. You just know, don't you? Yeah. And life is quite a rich tapestry and it unfolds in ways that we don't always plan. But sometimes that's okay, you know. I think so. So we just knew. And because we're both a bit older, he's about 10 years older than me. And we both knew what we wanted out of life. So it just worked. And we moved in together and we're like sickeningly happy with those people that are like, (laughs) I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you. And he's a great father to Darcy as well. He's a great stepdad to Darcy. So Darcy's dad is very much in her life. Oh, that's Um, really good. Yeah, Yeah. so I was... I wouldn't call Liam her dad because I really respect her dad having yeah. his role and his place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a great dad to Darcy. Yeah. But Liam is a really great father figure to Darcy and a great dad to Pearl. So, so. she has the bonus then of, of two positive role models, male. I think so. I think that to blend a family is really hard. Mm. I know this because we didn't manage to when I was little. Yeah. Luckily, my dad's now with a lovely lady and it's mm-hmm. blended perfectly. Um, but you have to really work at blending a family because everyone's coming at it from different angles yeah. um, and there's so many so many emotions. Were you scared because you had had that experience of it actually affecting your childhood and now as the mum trying to replicate a successful version of that? Yes. Oh, yes. I went to counselling actually because mm-hmm. I felt really quite traumatised by how wrong it had gone for our family. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um and my fear was that I would do that again to Darcy. Mm-hmm. And that's my worst nightmare is for her to have the same childhood that I had. Mm-hmm. But um, through counselling and through just being aware, being mindful of things, being mindful that Darcy needs to have her boundaries and Liam does and Pearl does and yeah. thinking about things like Liam doesn't lavish attention only on Pearl when mm-hmm. Darcy's there because that's not nice for Darcy. And just, yeah. I think as long as you're thinking about it, you're doing better than before because I think before nobody was thinking about it. Mm. So this step, this conscious step away from kind of, like you said, that the beauty, the stuff that you had enjoyed into, well, what did you step into? What was the new kind of subjects and things you were covering? So I was stepping away from the younger vibe of things. Yeah. When I was making video, when I started rebranded, mm. hang on, well, once I had rebranded, 
what I was trying to do was make videos talking to people my own age rather than talking right. to, like, a younger sister. Yeah. So I would think, what do people my age want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Well, the same stuff I do. So I started sharing things like how to introduce your boyfriend to your child. Oh, wow. Um, I'd always talked quite a lot about body confidence, and then I made a video about body confidence with sex. Right, okay. Um, so Which I not a lot of people are talking about. No, I guess not. And I, I don't necessarily talk about very adult topics a lot but when I'm talking I'm talking to my age group like how we would have a conversation rather than Mm -hmm. if you were 15 you would obviously like amend how you talk slightly so it was just a very natural step it didn't feel like I had to think a lot about it it was a relief I was like oh I can just be myself and did you lose followers or did you gain followers oh you did oh yeah that first six months was a bit rocky I would imagine that my management who were in the next room were (laughs) feeling a bit shaky because A lot of brands that I was working with were brands that were aimed at a teen market and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I wasn't a right fit for them. Yeah. And also because I'd made this video being like, hi, I'm not making content for you anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of those young teenagers, understandably, were like, see you later then. Unsubscribe, yeah. off you go. Wow. And all of a sudden I was like... No loyalty. <laughs> well, no, I can understand it. All of a sudden I was like, oh no, oh, what do I do now? Yeah. But in time... It all picked back up and I found that I was getting a different kind of vibe, a different kind of dialogue in the comments. Mm -hmm. And now I work with some fantastic brands and fantastic other women and men. Um, Well, that's the thing because it's really, I mean, to talk about how popular you are, 2.4 million Instagram followers. Like, that's incredible. Do you... Do you know how how it became like this way? I mean, it's all organic. It's all natural. Yeah. You know, how did you get to this point, do you think? Well, been here a really long time. Yeah. So <laughs> that definitely helps. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Um, but as I've continued to push forward in, like, the mummy market, mm-hmm. I suppose, and I've met other women, I think that you collaborate with other people and they follow you and then some of their followers come or you yeah. might be featured. I'm doing a bit of traditional media stuff now, so sometimes people yeah. will follow from that. So I think the more people hear about you, I'm sure it's the same for you. Yeah, I think so. Cause it I just was, grows. I just think it's the same as what you're saying. Like I had kids, so I naturally talk more about that kind of yeah. stuff. But I don't consider myself a mummy blogger but it's just that's what my real life is you know yeah exactly but sometimes I think that authenticity people do pick up on it and they they do they do like it and well I think so I think people would look at you as well and be like oh she was on Strictly Come Dancing she's done documentaries (laughs) she's so cool but she's doing the same things I am she's also frustrated that her children don't get her shoes on and she's also cooking something for dinner and I think that people really like that when you're doing vlogs do you find it hard sometimes to keep it useful keep it relevant yes I do I've actually had a bit of um, feedback lately a few people have been like your vlog's really boring I was like yeah that's because I'm a mum and like mum days aren't always wildly thrilling yeah because you're caring for multiple tiny humans Mm -hmm. and they don't talk (laughs) and they don't want to like in the olden days I would film a lot of exciting work things like going to premieres and travelling away and flying to different countries and but I don't do that as much anymore. My mm-hmm. life is like, we're going to Costco. So do you ever take notice? I mean, obviously, you, you've got a really loyal, supportive following. But when you get the people like that that are negative, is it is it difficult? <sighs> it's a tricky one. I was saying to Megan in the car, Megan's my manager, um, that it's just started to sting a bit. Right. Mm. I've been doing this 10 years, so I'm not unfamiliar with unpleasant comments. I'm sure you're not either. No, and you're a resilient person. You've walked a tough path, you know. And you always see the same old, same old. Like, I will always see uh, 
a weight comment because I'm overweight. Or from women or from men? Either. Really? Predominantly women, which That's saddens me. very disappointing. Me. It yeah. is. Um, or comments about my teeth because I've got a gap in my front teeth, which I personally really like. But so some, does Madonna. So does Madonna. <laughs> yeah. But some people are like very offended really? by, by this. Um, and then you'll get people that give you their opinion on your parenting style. Right. And if it's someone giving negative feedback in a respectful way, mm. then I'll take it on board and think, is that something I could accommodate? Is yeah. that a valid Sometimes point? it's helpful. You know, yes. if, I, if I put something yes. up, people are like, you shouldn't have the car seat that way. And then I'm like, oh, then I'm like, oh no, I've Googled it, they're right. Yes, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Think of it as if somebody actually came into this room now and said something really unpleasant, you wouldn't stop your job. You wouldn't be like, okay, you're right, I'm never going to do another podcast. You'd yeah. just be like, well, <laughs> F off, on. that's yeah. it, I'm carrying yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, there's no better revenge than success. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? no. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. One of the things I wrote in my notes, because I saw um, you did a vlog about feeling sad after it was, I think it was one of your books had launched. And then the next week you felt that kind of, you know, you get that high and then you get that low. Was it about an emotional hangover? I think it was. Yeah. And for me, I was like, well, that's interesting because I get this where, especially if I go away, like traveling, doing like a tour or doing something that involves people applauding you and it being really Mm -hmm. hyped. Then sometimes afterwards I'm really down, but feel really bad to feel down because I'm like, I'm so fortunate in such a fortunate position. I don't want to moan, you know? No, I get it. I think that it'd be really interesting to look at the actual psychology behind that because it's almost like you've been lifted up to such a height yeah to an unnatural height really when you consider like just humans as animals as like cave people like hunting and gathering it's unnatural that somebody would be applauded and you're the brilliant you're the best so beautiful so this so Mm -hmm. that and the next day nothing yeah it's going from a very very high back to reality it's like a drug addict Yeah. yeah and then so that post, I think you saw, I was I'd worked at the Olivier Awards, you know the right. yes. the awards yeah, yeah. for the theatre. I saw you on the red carpet. I must say, oh, you looked amazing. Thank you. Yeah. It wasn't a red carpet; it was blue, wasn't it? It was blue, and I made yeah. such um, a fashion error on it. My dress was a maternity dress. Oh, I didn't know, okay. and so right. then it sparked a lot of like, she's pregnant. I was like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I just what? grabbed it out of my wardrobe because it's flowy and yeah, nice. I was say, it doesn't matter. Does just, it? It was what? a maxi dress. I was like, yeah. it's nice. It's like one of those flowy like ball gown types. Yeah. But yeah, that whole day was so like glitz and glamour and lights and show business. And then the next day it was just at home, like cleaning out the cat litter tray. Changing the nappies. Changing the washing bottles (laughs) and like getting the laundry done with the mumba. And I was like, oh. And I had a headache and I just felt sicky and weird. Yeah. And then my friend Emma was like, you've got an emotional hangover. I was like, I have, you're right. That's a nice word to give it. Okay. Yeah. So I think that now I... Now it has a label. Mm. I'm going to be prepared for it. So when I do exciting things, I know that the next day is going to be like, okay, just take a breath and be a bit kind to yourself and maybe order a Domino's or something. (laughs) Do you know what, though? Maybe that's the key because you're preempting it and saying, I know this is going to be great tonight, but perhaps tomorrow in comparison might feel a bit weird. 
It's like holiday blues. Do you get those? Yeah. When you come back and you're like, oh, why am I not in the sun anymore? Yeah. Although actually now I'm a mum, it's like, I can go back and go to work and yeah. they can go They're to nursery. To nursery. Yeah. <laughs> Quite I excited, know. yeah. We are very fortunate to have a nanny. And when she came back after Easter, I almost snogged her. It's like, <laughs> you're back. Yeah. yeah but I think, and I always say if you go to work, it's like having a day off because it's adult conversation. Yeah. My job your is brain's far your easier own. than raising children. So. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, no, I do. I do really admire women that do it full time, and and particularly women that are single parents alone full time. You know, the strength and yeah. the, and the loneliness in in that as well. I think I had a taste of single motherhood for about three years, and it's brutal. Mm. I really tip my cap to single parents. Yeah, because parenting is by nature designed to be done in a team. Mm-hmm. It takes two people to make a baby. Yeah. And it takes two people to raise a baby. And well, yeah. if you're on your own, it's just harder. Because when you're pushed to your limits, you hand over, don't you? Yeah, and, you, you know. tag team it. So Lee yeah. and I will just call it tag teaming. Yeah. Um, but it's that not having someone to make decisions with. It's the physical hardship of it, mm. like the constantly lifting, the car seat, the changing, all of that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But then the on small, no sleep as On well. no sleep. Yeah. I mean, women and men that look after babies on their own I just think you are like superhumans because yeah. it's exhausting did you vlog when you were a single mum did you talk about yeah. it oh, yeah oh I did yeah, yeah. and it, and there were there were some great parts to it there's definitely pros and cons but I think there were more cons than pros it was just hard or making all the choices yourself yeah and yeah that's the thing you know like picking a nursery and saying is this the right one or not you know yeah. not having someone to consult with on or if you're co-parenting with someone that you're no longer in a relationship with mm. it's also very hard to make those joint decisions mm-hmm. with each other in a, in a nice way yeah, and civil and yeah from yeah. a loving place yeah but it's great you're so honest because I suppose like in the past when we just had actors and singers you know celebrities to follow and and I don't know look up to they wouldn't have said the realities of that you know and no because I suppose it wasn't the done thing no it wasn't and I say it's what you're doing is you know you're you've got the boundaries of privacy but that you're choosing to share some aspects in a yeah. responsible way which is quite a new phenomenon in, in that sense I've never really thought of it like that and I don't feel noble or like look at me I'm doing something so great it just (laughs) feels normal because I'm so used to just sharing these things and because my audience is so kind all Mm. the time it doesn't feel hard to want to share these things it's when you get a lot of negative feedback that makes you feel a bit like you want to close the doors yeah I mean you must have experienced it when if you suddenly get a lot of trolling or you just think I, I want to shut away and hide yeah I think if I share a strong opinion about something well actually motherhood is the thing that my followers are the most opinionated about yeah then I will get yep. a backlash I mean I think for me sometimes it just stops me sharing my opinions because yes. I, I can't handle like you know if I say oh I'm now formula feeding I can't handle three days of you should be dead you don't deserve to be a mother and I'm no, just like no oh, I'm not going to bother talking about feeding ever again. Feeding is such a topic. Yeah. I don't talk about weaning or anything. Lots of people are like, share your weaning. It's like, no. Can't bear it. I'll tell you that I'm using Annabelle Carmel book and that's it. Yeah. I don't want to be judged. Yeah. Because there's days where Darcy won't eat anything healthy. Mm -hmm. She won't. But I don't need someone being like, that is despicable. Yeah. So I, I just don't share it. But I bottle fed pearl from the day from day one and did you share that i did but i was <laughs> yeah i was pretty just blunt about it on yeah. the first ever vlog with her and i was like just to let you know i have chosen to bottle feed i have my reasons for this mm. i'm comfortable and confident in my choice you can feed your baby however you would like 
Mm. as can I, and that's the end of that. So you kind of owned it. Yep, I just said, I don't want to hear your opinion. I know everyone has an opinion, yeah, and I respect that you have an opinion, but I don't want you to share that with me, thank you. And what was the response to that? It was fine. Really? Yeah. Amazing. This is inspirational. Yeah. I've got to try this. That's well, brilliant. Well, I just didn't invite anybody to comment on yeah. it. Yeah. So sort of you've thing. just given a great life lesson. You've just illustrated a way to make the internet work for you, where you've set a really clear boundary, where people won't flood you with their, like, throw their kind of ideology at you. Because I didn't think that was possible. Normally, mine feels a bit unregulated, where I'll say I'm doing something and people will go mad at me. No, you're the boss. Yeah. You're the boss of your platform. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's a bit like if you're in a room with a group of friends. Guys, do you like my outfit? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Or, I love this outfit I'm wearing today. Let's go. Yeah, so that's it's quite assertive, isn't yeah, it? No one's going to be like, you didn't say to me, do you like this T-shirt? No, So I'm I happy. don't feel like I'm just like, yeah. oh, is that the right T? Yeah. Just, here you are, you're dressed. Yeah. So one of the other things I'd love to talk to you about was your birth, your recent birth. Oh, this is my favourite thing to talk about. Yes, well, I gave birth for well, my daughter's 16 months old. So, yeah, December the 13th was my daughter. What, what day was Pearl born? January 14th. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, so we amazing. were pregnant at the same time. Yeah, so it's a nice time to have a baby, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like it was Christmas cosy, and, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. So you shared some parts of the birth online. Oh, yeah, I shared, like, the birthing video, not, like, the exit, as yeah. it were. <laughs> so how, tell me, like, it was a home birth, was it? I had a beautiful home birth. So... Really, this story starts eight years ago when I had Darcy. Mm -hmm. And I went into that birth not really knowing anything. I just thought, oh, you get pregnant, you grow the baby, and then when you go into labour, you go into hospital, have baby. Lovely. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really work out like that. I ended up going overdue, and the midwife said, right, well, you'll need an induction. And oh, I didn't, and you're first. Oh, I my know. God. And I didn't think I could say, what's that? Do I really? No, thank you. I'd like to postpone it. Yeah. I just thought that's what you do. I'm going to go in, have you an induction. it's a medical thing and you just yeah. respect what they say. And, and um, half an hour later, I'll be having this baby. Will I? Lovely. Well, of course not. Um, and it was 36 hours and it was very traumatic and lots of intervention. And oh. um, we lost her and then I hemorrhaged afterwards. And just all the things that you could imagine to go wrong yeah. did go wrong. How unlucky. I know. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was so shocked from what had happened mm. that I developed PTSD, post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Well, it is a trauma. Yes. Yeah. And then didn't really bond with Darcy for about a year and it was all just really negative. What um, treatment did you get for the PTSD? Well, nothing because right. when I went in and you have your six-week checkup, I just mm. said, I, I just cry all the time and they said, well, maybe it's postnatal depression. I was like, well, no, because that doesn't fix all the questions they're asking mm. me like, you know, how do you feel? I was like, I feel okay and I love the baby, mm. but I don't feel right. Yeah. But they didn't, it just wasn't talked about very much then, even just eight years ago. Yeah. And then my way of dealing with it was thinking, well, that was really traumatic. I don't want to do that again. So I just won't. I just won't yeah. have any more children. Yeah. And then I got divorced, met Liam, got knocked up. And I was like, oh my God. Well, maybe it was meant to happen that yeah, way. We'd, yeah, we talked about children, but Pearl was definitely a happy surprise yeah and I was like okay now we're dealing with this we're facing it so all that trauma came flooding back and mm -hmm. I was suddenly terrified that's hard for you yeah. um it, was, it wasn't nice and then I'm um, and no time to prep in that like you said it wasn't necessarily as planned as some babies no it so. wasn't like we've been trying for months and months to yeah. fall pregnant it was like a oh hello yeah um and then I went my midwife was so supportive and put me on lots of different programs so I did meet the matron Something oh, right. like Very that. Very retro. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 
she went through my notes of Darcy's birth and really validated all my feelings on that. And then I met Siobhan Miller from the Positive Birth Company, mm-hmm. who does hypnobirthing. And oh my God, it just changed everything for me because right. she totally validated how I felt about Darcy's birth and gave me techniques to deal with this birth better and helped me understand my body and the science mm. behind it. I'd always felt that hypnobirthing was just a bit airy-fairy and wishy-washy, yeah. like hippie stuff with incense and maybe some gongs or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's just, it's it's education on your mm-hmm. body and your baby and how that works. Which is know. so important because it's such of a life-changing course, If you were process. about to do a marathon, you wouldn't mm. just turn up to the front, yeah. front line, which is what I did with giving birth to Darcy. Yeah. So then I ended up having this beautiful home birth, not invasive at all. Um, I wasn't touched during it. I wasn't messed around with. And oh, then wow. had her at three minutes past 10. And then by... In a pool. In a pool yeah. in my dining room with Liam and my two lovely midwives, Paula and Jane. And then by half 10, I sat on the sofa with my baby and a glass of Moe. Oh my gosh, it was goals. Wow. It was so it good. It so calm. It was calm. Do you know what? It was uneventful. It was almost boring. Wow. But that's what you want from a birth. So just, it was just serene and... Just really... So you don't have pain relief, you just... No, that's not to say that... I didn't have pain relief. There was pain, obviously, because mm. you're like pushing a baby out your yeah. vagina. Yeah, it's a, it's a... What do they say? It's a melon coming out of a grape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was still that. Yeah. But it wasn't that with screaming and alarms and mm. people I didn't know and unfamiliar surroundings. Yeah. It was just like... Because when you doing give birth in hospital, you're like, all these people... And you're just like, yeah. I don't know who any of the are. They've all got, you know, it's just like, it's quite, um, I don't know, it's not very personal, is it, in that way? Siobhan put it like this. If you, if I took you into a big white room and sat you in the middle and invited 10 people and you didn't know and said, now could you sit on this toilet and do a poo? You wouldn't be able to go. You'd absolutely not be able yeah. to. And it's not that your body doesn't need to or is unable to. It's mm. just that it's not conducive surroundings to mm-hmm. being able to perform in that way. But if you were at home and there was just people maybe outside the door um, for your safety and they were like, just whenever you're ready, just yeah. off you go, then you could. It's more natural. I yeah. suppose that's the word, isn't it? Yeah. It's natural. It's much yeah. How were your births? Were they- well, mine were very medicalised. I had C-sections with both of my children. Okay. But then I had to because I have a lot of scar tissue internally. Yes. Okay. So if I'd have gone into it... So they were planned C-sections. They weren't emergency. Did you find having so. the planning kept you calm because... It wasn't that element of trauma and surprise and going wrong. I think so, but I also think I've had so many medicalised traumas where things have gone wrong, it hasn't worked out, I've woken up worse off than I was when I got put to sleep, that I kind of, with this, felt like, great, it's planned, I've got a date. I know that if I went into labour, I could rupture scar tissue. I know that I may not be able to deliver, so I don't even want to possibly try. So I didn't even mourn the sadness of, oh, no, I want a natural birth, because I think at that point I'd... 300 plus procedures yeah so it's just like let's just get this baby so out suppose alive a hospital environment for you actually is, is quite a familiar place anyway. totally normal it was yeah. fine I, i'd never and also when i had my first child i went in had the cesarean it's the easiest operation i've ever had um and when they gave me the baby i was like now what they're like no that's it it's gone well i was like sure. happy ending yeah. good result i was like you sure and they were like yeah and i was like didn't really feel like i will be happy straight away because i want to wait and see in case anything goes wrong and it's like, it took me a while to feel like no there are medical procedures where it's really joyous like really positive <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, and it's you've woken up and it's better than it was before yeah exactly because you're not pregnant anymore yes, and you've yeah. got a baby you touch my toes um, and then when I had the second one it was even easier because I'd had a cesarean before and I'd experienced it and yeah I mean 
I, I, I do envy when I hear other women talk about their birth stories, but I just felt like I'd never even be able to have children. So I just feel like however my kids got here, I'm so lucky to have them, you know. But also a cesarean birth is still a birth story, isn't it? Because you still gave birth. Yeah, but it's going back to that thing. If I put online that I had a pre-planned C-section, oh, because, you know, I don't yeah. vlog, I use a shorter platform of Instagram, I can't fully explain why. So if I just put a snapshot of that, I would get a lot of criticism, you know. That really upsets me. It. it really upsets me because you still have a birth story, but I know what you That's mean. True. It makes me sad when people say like, oh, did you have a natural birth or an un... It's like it's not unnatural, it's not unnatural is it? Because just... your baby still came out your body. Yeah. It's the same. Just What was the reaction when you posted your, your birth? Everyone was so pleased, I think, because they'd followed my journey of like, yeah. oh my God, this was terrifying. It was It was just so nice. It was just like having... A lot of best friends clap for you. Yeah, really I, I always cry when I watch that kind of stuff. I'm like, not with sadness, with happiness, you yeah, know, because it's yeah, so yeah. overwhelming joy. And, I know yeah. there's just something special about a new baby, isn't there? Because yeah. you're like, oh, it's just, it's, just, it's just arrived, it's pure, and it wasn't here, and now it is here. Mm-hmm. What do you think, as your children grow up, what do you think the direction will take of your online presence, you know? Such a good question. Um, I think that they will be pulled back a lot, so already I share significantly less of Darcy than I do of Pearl. Okay. Which sometimes leads to people being confused and thinking that it's because I love Pearl more, which right, is not okay. the case. But yeah. I share Darcy less because she's got her own character and personality and opinions. Yeah. And I don't want to share those things because mm-hmm. they're hers. Yeah. And this platform is mine. It's a bit like how I didn't share my relationship situation. Yeah. yeah. Um so I'll share pictures of her like this is Darcy. She's so cute. She's yeah. so funny. But I don't share things like, well, Darcy believes this and Darcy thought right. this and the other week this really embarrassing thing happened to Darcy. I don't share her like difficulties because mm-hmm. I don't want her to ever grow up and read something and be like, why did you share that about me? I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, because you can't take that back. But with Pearl, we share a lot more because she's a baby and you can't judge a baby. Mm. A baby, All babies are the same. Yeah, Babies cry, babies have tantrums. Even in appearance, they're generic really, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, just little squishy... Squishers, aren't they? Little flesh sacks. Little old men. Yeah, (laughs) little potatoes. Um, So with the books, do you... So your most recent book, uh, Wild About the Girl and Wild Women? Yes. So... Well, sorry, I'm butting in. Karen. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, because we were talking about your children, do you write... I know they're fiction, but do you write these books for your girls? I write these books with definitely my girls in mind, um, particularly Darcy, because we have a character called Lila. So... The book is a series of three, three books, and it follows the life of Robin Wilde. Mm-hmm. Hence the name. The first one was um, Wild Like Me. <laughs> I forgot that. I was like, oh my God, there's been so many. Yeah. But Lila starts off as being six in the books and ends up nearly nine. Mm-hmm. So I take a lot of her mannerisms from Darcy. So oh, some wow. of the things she does yeah. in there come from some of the things that Darcy said. And I'm like, you are great because you're great research for this character. Yeah. And a lovely legacy for Darcy to read and, you know, when she grows up. I think so because yeah. I feel like Robin and I, so Robin's our heroine, Robin and I just mesh into each other as you naturally would because she's coming out of my mind. Yeah, of course. So although yeah. she's not me, I always think I wish that she was real because she would be my best friend. Mm-hmm. And when I'm writing her oh god I'm going to sound like the lamest person but when I'm writing I'm like yeah I'm having such a great time with my best friend but really it's like it's just me in my, in my room on my laptop without a bra on that's what it actually is <laughs> but as the reader that's what reading is isn't it it's escapism yeah. it's fantasy and it's company yes. um, and that's why everyone should never stop reading and it's self care in a world where we're looking at screens all the time yeah 
I know that a lot of people read tablets, but... But still, it's, it's different that, to devour a whole book. Yeah, you know? a form of self-care, just to take yourself out of your world and put yourself in someone else's just for a short while. Mm. It's lovely. And it's great to hear that you as the writer get that feeling as well as the reader, you know? Oh, I do, especially this last one. So Wild Women, I know we talked about this before we came on air, but I finished it last night. Oh, amazing feeling. And cried because it's such an emotional journey okay so if you want to cry where can people buy it from then where can they get it um all good bookshops supermarkets amazon mm-hmm. wh smith um, fantastic and where can so they follow you what's your handles i'm at louise pentland brilliant thank Great. you well, so much for having me thank you for coming it's been really interesting to talk to you i feel like i've learned so much from talking to you i feel like all i've done is like Go on about myself. No, Sorry. Absolutely not. We want you here. We want to hear more about you. Oh, thank um, you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.